So today's podcast is all about goal setting. So you may be listening going, oh man, goal setting. I've been hearing this everywhere lately. It's this time of year. Uh, Scott and I even really debated, should we even have a podcast about goal setting because it's so overused? And today's concept is really going to be about goal setting for fulfillment. In order to have a fulfilling life, do you need to goal set or do you not need to goal set? Stay tuned and learn more. Welcome to the Mastering Fulfillment Podcast, where we focus on bridging your success with fulfillment in your personal, business, and spiritual life. And now your hosts, Scott Berry and Joshua Wenner. So as we jump into today's today's podcast, I really want to start with looking at 2017. And I know Scott and I both have a process where we really reflect. And I think any life worth living is really worth documenting and reflecting and paying attention and observing. If you want to change your patterns, you really have to look at your life and look at what you're currently doing to get the results you're doing and make some new decisions, change some new habits, change some new patterns and get to get to some new results. So uh, I know personally when I sit, sit back and I look at my 2017 year, I have a really extensive goal setting process that I do. I got this whole Excel worksheet and actually I'm happy to, happy to share it with anybody if you want a planning tool. Uh, if you just send us an email at uh, at our Mastering Fulfillment, go to masteringfulfillment.com um, and say, hey, I'd like the template. I'm happy to share it with you. Um, but I do a pretty extensive process where I track uh, net worth. I, I, I track all the things that I want to do for the year uh, as far as budgeting. And then I put together, I have multiple income sources uh, for multiple projects and businesses that I'm a part of. So I plan each of those and lay out where I think the income is going to come from. Um, and then I look at my business and I look at my personal, and I use a, a Tony Robbins process, which is he calls RPM, which is result or out, outcome, purpose, which is kind of the juice of the reasons, and then massive action plan. And uh, so I do that with a number of areas, whether it's in my relationships, in travel, uh, different areas that I'd like to grow as a human, uh, you know, different areas of uh, deepening my connection with family, um, my emotional states. And then also I have uh, on business a number of areas. And I was going back through 2017, and I built this elaborate plan. I literally probably spent a good part of a week building this really in-depth plan of exactly what I wanted to create, uh, what would bring me fulfillment. And the irony is, in going back through it, I changed directions about two months in and went in a totally different direction. Uh, and almost, you could say, threw the whole plan out. So I think today's today's focus is in order to be fulfilled. And I think this curious to see what happened with, with Scott's plan. Uh, sometimes we, sometimes one, uh, I guess an interesting conversation around fulfillment is sometimes when do you stay the course at all costs, and when do you throw the plan out, and, and how do you know when to do what, and is is even goal setting helpful or is it not helpful? And so I think we're going to dive in deeper to this concept today. So that you can reflect on your life and say, hey, is, is goal setting helping you live a more fulfilled life? Is it, or is it potentially creating more problems or more judgments or more shame or guilt if you don't set, you know, if you've had, if you've had a lose 15 pounds and it's been there every year for five years and you keep gaining weight, is it hurting you or helping you? So I think we're going to dive into that today. Scott, I'm curious, you know, in, in reviewing your, two, your 2017, did you, did you have a plan like, like mine or did you have a different year? 
ever since the beginning of the year, I've been I've been looking at my goals and especially for the prep of this show, I've been really doing some deep diving on. Um, I've been doing kind of a macro and then also a, a micro look at what's going on with my goals and what am I looking to kind of carry on from 2017, how do I going to move to 2018, what felt good, what didn't feel good. And to be completely transparent, I got really creative. I actually filled out a few different types of worksheets and Excel spreadsheets. I even think I filled out the one that you sent me. We kind of deep dived into this discussion earlier this time last year. And, you know, as I'm looking at it, I realized that on a macro level, on looking at it from a very wide perspective, uh, 2017 was a great year for me. It was a phenomenal year of a lot of um, uh, fulfillment for me, a lot of challenges. And I also realized I probably didn't get done about half (laughs) of the goals that I actually set out to achieve. And as I'm looking through it, I think one of the things that we'd love to tackle today is, okay, how come I didn't do it? Was it just because I didn't have enough juice? Did I didn't set myself up for success in terms of having the right people or having the right resources or just dedicating myself to these goals? Or is it just, it was just too much, you know? So on a, that's more on a micro level on the little itty bitty things, the the checklist, the certain items that I was looking to take care of. And then what I was also looking at for 2017 is on the the five pillars of my life, right? If you look at your emotional pillar, your physical pillar, your like your physical body, your mental pillar and your financial and spiritual. So you have those five pillars. What I also do on a, on a macro level looking on the broad scope is on every one of these, did I increase my fulfillment or did I have a fulfilling year in each of those areas or did it actually decrease from 2017? And sometimes I kind of work backwards from there. So that was a little bit of an eye opener. Not every one of those did get more fulfilling. And I realized there was a little like compromises from one to the other. I feel like this is a a great way to kind of look at it. So I think before we kind of dive deep into this, a quick question for you or on your five pillars, emotional, physical, mental, financial, and spiritual, would you say that 2017 was a fulfilling year in all areas or most areas or some areas? I know sometimes we kind of, we kind of wait to one side or the other. You know, sometimes if we're sick, we're going to be putting a lot of our focus and a lot of our energy to our physical pillar, right? If our relationships are going really well, you know, say we haven't dated in a while and all of a sudden we meet the person of our dreams, we're going to be very heavily weighted to the relational level. And sometimes we'll put a little less weight on some of the other levels. So I was curious on those five pillars for you, do you feel like there was an increase of fulfillment or did you just have a good fulfilling year in terms of those pillars? Yeah, great question. And, and you know, it's interesting. I, I mentioned a minute ago that I created this whole elaborate plan and it, and it totally changed course. And for me, this was a really big year on career. I left a, a more or less like a corporate job where I was kind of had a fixed, not a fix, but it was more, things were a little bit easier, right? I had a, I had a salary I was a consultant. Uh, I was traveling the country and working way, way burned out and came back with the concept of creating one specific business. And that's what I built my plan around. 
And uh, the irony was, as I started to build my business, uh, I built the courage to go in deep into my legacy work. And so the irony is something I didn't even, I couldn't even see at the beginning of the year emerged. And uh, these men's retreats that I wasn't even doing before, I didn't even see at the beginning of the year emerged. And creating that has been deeply fulfilling on a soul level and on a on a career, I guess you could call it legacy career pillar level. Uh, however, what has has hurt, uh, as you mentioned, was I didn't hit my financial goals because uh, I invested a lot more money than I thought I would. Uh, in addition to that, some of the trips I had planned, uh, I like to take a trip every year, got canceled as well. So in the reduction of finances, some of my travel experiences uh, got reduced. I still had, I mean, I look in the last 12 months, I still did a lot of epic, epic tricks and spent a lot of epic time. But um, this new thing that I birthed that I didn't see that's been so fulfilling on such a deep level has taken up a lot more energy um, than I remember. So if I, if I look at those five pillars, my emotional pillar actually grew a lot more than I thought would because of the work that I'm doing. And my uh, career legacy level grew, grew a lot. But I would say my relationship uh, went down. My financial went down. And my body, my body went up. I've been really consistent at, at, at the health and the, and the fitness. So, uh, but it's interesting. I really liked how you put that. I'm curious if you look at yours from a uh, more fulfilling, less fulfilling, uh, what was it on yours? I had kind of very similar aspects. And, and before I d- dive into yours, thank you for that share. You know, because sometimes we do sacrifice. I, I wouldn't even say sacrifice, but sometimes we're just weighted toward one or the other. And so your financial pillar wasn't quite as strong because you were you were more dedicated to your career path, which I would imagine would be more in alignment with your spiritual pillar. And just as a, a quick answer, if I was to ask you, do you feel good about that choice that you made for 2017, right? Because all of your pillars may not be coming up, but you may feel you may be feeling good about the overall process of the direction that it's going. And I would imagine that it's a safe assumption that that's a choice that you're very happy that you made. Yeah, true. I'm glad you asked that because uh, I noticed there was points along the year where I would look at my goals and I would feel frustrated because the goals that I set, I was nowhere near going to hit. And uh, it was helpful in looking at them because I remember thinking, is there a way I can still break through? Like, how can I still find a way to now that the plan has changed so dramatically? Can What can I do to, to help get closer to this? Uh, but I did have to surrender to what I'd been created. And I'm really, really satisfied and fulfilled at a deep level because this was really hard for me to step into. And so, and it, and actually I'm really grateful because I did have the finances to birth this and to invest in it and to create it. So uh, the irony is I've created now a vehicle um, that is an income generator, um, which down the road, as I'm building this out, will end up meeting my financial goals. Uh, but I had to take a pivot in the road and, uh, and create it. So yeah, to, to answer your question, uh, it did it did meet me and deeply fulfill my goals, and I had to surrender the initial plan. Like it, the plan changed, and I had to look at it and not beat myself up that I wasn't going to hit my goals. I think sometimes, and I know we've talked about this a lot, Scott. Sometimes it's like, when do we have the discernment to surrender or break through? And and sometimes it's like, you know what, I got to do whatever it takes to hit this goal, and nothing's going to stop me. And it's breaking through fear, breaking through obstacles kind of like that, go find a way and nothing's going to stop me. And other times I feel like there's a little bit of a surrender process that we go through and it's surrendering to a new path. And And my experience of this was looking at it and surrendering to this new path and honoring 
the new path and letting go of the initial vision I'd created in order to create this new vision that that had come through, and yeah. and finding and I think that can be challenging at times, um, especially when we have a big vision and we build a lot of momentum and reasons towards it. I think that's where the the gentleness comes in and and self gentleness. Otherwise, we could tend to shame ourselves and beat ourselves up and feel like we're not enough if if we're not really gentle. So I appreciate your a uh, little bit deeper dive on that. Did that answer yeah. your question? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. And then so to answer your question, you know, as I'm looking through my pillars of 2017, I mean, overall, it it felt like a year of growth and it felt like a year of uh, adventure and expansion. One of the big goals that I did have was to have this epic adventure uh, with my wife to have this extended honeymoon and, you know, travel for four months and really have that be my home and so that really fed my my spiritual side you know the to be able to connect to other cultures and just to i really learned a lot about myself during that time and got a lot more clarity on the kind of life that i'm looking to live and the kind of life that i'm looking to actually bring back here in san francisco with that i also grew in the relational pillar with Michelle and we went through quite a few um, growth periods, if you will, to to put it lightly. But we got more connected and um, it you know challenged our relationship, but we broke through it in such a beautiful way. Um, you know, living in close quarters can always bring up a lot of stuff, and we just had so many beautiful growth moments. And not only growing as an individual, but the vision that me and Michelle had as a collective in this relationship got really, really strong. Now, on the flip side of the relational pillar, uh, I'm noticing that as I'm moving into 2018, that I haven't been nurturing my other relationships. So a lot of my friend relationships and a lot of my community relationships, that doesn't feel as strong. And so that's actually, so I'm actually kind of pivoting. That wasn't really high on my list in 2017. But as I project forward, as I move forward into 2018, that's something I'm really looking to cultivate. And I'm realizing if you're not watering it, if you're not sending it energy and you're not sending your heart and your love, then things start to kind of like, you know, dissipate a little bit. I think everybody's running around like a chicken with their head cut off. Everyone's extremely busy and you really have to take time and effort to, to really water those plants. And that's something that I'm looking to do. So on my community relational pillar, I am... I'm definitely not as fulfilled in that right now. But again, I feel very uh, blessed to, you know, kind of make that trade off at that time. And so as I move into 2018, that's, that's one of my goals that I'm looking to do. Uh, and then the other side is the financial side. I was able to absolutely generate income. And my, I guess my monthly income definitely dropped a little bit because not a lot, but it definitely it definitely took a little bit of a hit because I wasn't being as proactive. I wanted to really honor the experience of being out there. So while I will, will still be able to you know create income and take care of my basic you know my basic needs and my basic monthly expenses, that wasn't an issue. It's the income generation that I had actually gotten really excited. And I'm looking here at my financial goals for 2017 that I did in uh, January of last year. Um, I, I definitely didn't hit those. And so that's something that I'm looking to really increase 
in 2018. You know, on the flip side of that, the stock market and the markets have just been screaming. And, you know, the one thing that I, I kind of created a muscle a few years ago was I want to make sure that I'm in the market or at least some type of investment, whether it's real estate or in Bitcoin or, or whatever it happens to be, that I'm constantly investing in some form or another, you know, whether it's two bucks a month, whether it's $2,000 a month, whatever it happens to be, I want something that's constant, that, that's still dripping into that. And so I made sure that no matter what happened, even the couple months, you know, I didn't generate any income, that I was still invested in the stock market. So uh, when I look at actually a paper return, I actually did quite well, as of, as did most people, most people's 401ks and, and, and investment portfolios actually did really, really well this past year. So that was kind of a flip. And then as far as everything else, the emotional, feel really good about that. And my spiritual, obviously, I talked about that, feel really strong about that. Uh, my physicality, I feel healthy, but I don't feel as strong, vibrant, and expansive as normal because when you're traveling, I'm doing hikes and I'm, I'm out and about, but I'm, I'm not quite honoring the body as much. And so that's been a real big focus for me is really getting back to incredibly clean eating and um, getting more on to routine. So I'm actually really looking forward to a little bit of routine this year. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. I was I was curious. You know, I, I like this conversation because what we could even do is just curious uh, among those five pillars. Maybe we could even ask a series of questions we'd start asking ourselves, just to jar and who everybody's listening. You know, what does fulfillment mean? And I liked how you went through some of them. And I thought maybe we could even just sit down and brainstorm between the two of us. Hey, if somebody's wanting to to develop any one of these pillars, what may fulfillment look like? You know, so for example. And what, what things, because I know we've both talked about in order to get results, there's nothing crazy hard you have to do. It's more a matter of focus, consistency, and accountability. And, you know, looking back on our lives, whatever consistent actions we're taking are equivalent to the results that we're getting in life. So right. if we want to increase our friendships, we have to take consistent actions that are going to increase our friendships and build those friendships. If we want to increase our financial account, we have to be investing as you, and I, I did very well in that too, because that's, even though I didn't hit my financial goals, I was on your same page of investing in me first, and my financial savings accounts grew, um, and investment accounts grew. You know, if we want to grow our uh, relationship accounts, we have to do consistent actions. So maybe we could, uh, I'm curious to your first, you know, when you're looking at friendships, I know this is a big area for a lot of people, you know, uh, how would you define uh, increasing your fulfillment tank with friendships and what types of actions or consistent actions could potentially either you take or somebody else start to think about just to open up the dialogue in some of these areas that would be super fulfilling you know and it could even be a brainstorm session where we go man what would be really juicy uh fulfilling for us or to reach out and really build that muscle because you know what uh, the reason i bring this up is the reason we're as close as we are, and, and I consider you one of my best friends, is back in 2006, I believe it was, or five, you know, we were at this Fuente event, and we only connected for a brief moment and had a deep conversation, and then you specifically reached out to me. I remember where I was. I was sitting in Arizona at the moment, and you reached out very sincerely and said, hey, I really appreciated our connection. It was a very authentic uh, conversation. I really appreciated connecting with you and, uh, you know, at this event that we were at. 
and I, I'm really wanting to develop a strong, powerful group of, of men in my life, and I really want to build our friendship. And I, I remember it, it struck me so unique, uh, it's so different, and it really, we, we, we built it from there, but it's something, an action step you took of wanting to develop that. And uh, so maybe if you're open to it, maybe we go back and start with that, because I remember you told me there was a period when you wanted to develop a str- that, that peer group. Mm-hmm. There's a number of people, even in my men's retreats that I've reached out to, that don't have that and yeah. are craving that. So maybe we kind of go through these different pillars and talk through how to create that plan, what it would be like for fulfillment, um, and some questions that they may want to ask. So maybe starting with you, you know, are you open to sharing um, when you develop that muscle? Because you've got an extensive group of really deep friendships, how you created them initially, and and what you're you're thinking that you'd have to do to nurture them to really build. Uh, fill up that tank in the friendship this next year. I think this is where a lot of fulfillment comes from is, you know, I've mentioned this on the podcast before is your environment is everything. And, you know, that includes the food that you eat, the books that you read, to the environment that you actually live at. But it also includes the conversations that are fulfilling to you and that are growth oriented. And, And that doesn't have to be serious all the time. It could be jovial and fun, but it has to light you up in some form or another. And this conversation, at least that specific topic is so timely. And I remember that period of time. So we met in 2007. I think it was either late 2008 or 2009, in which I came to Arizona. But at that time, I had been going through huge life shifts and I had been going through this really big metamorphosis of my kind of my own growth period. And I was craving something that I wasn't getting. And at the time, I wasn't quite sure what that is. But what was starting to become very apparent to me was the environment in which I was in, especially the peer group in which I was in wasn't very fulfilling to me. And I I think I went over this story and I think podcast number two or three. So feel free to listen to that again. It was kind of a long account of my story. So I won't deep dive too much into that, but I was really looking at, I'm looking to bring in people that are nourishing my soul in terms of different types of conversations and people that are going where I'm going and the people that I currently had in my current friend group wasn't quite kind of scratching that itch. Um, and so I was had this like really big pull to really cultivate that. And, you know, you're one of the people that I, I, I really reached out to. And I really started looking for people to almost kind of cultivate as a kind of circle, if you will, of people that I, I I had the saying that I didn't want to have friends that I either didn't want to be become or am inspired by, and that could be you know the guy who is a comedian who I who I know very well that always does stand up at the improv there in Hollywood, and so it doesn't always have to be this very deep and you know philosophical conversations, but it could just be. I just want to have fun around these people. And when I leave these conversations, you know, how do I feel? And this topic has come up quite a bit. And, you know, what I can say for the people that are listening, uh, for people that are really looking to take their relational 
level, especially in community, uh, to a higher fulfillment in 2018. One of the biggest things that I that I can stress is really look at your environment and really try to take away what are the what are the conversations? Who are the people in your life that aren't quite adding value? And the hardest people to really look at this are the people who used to add a lot of value or the people who are in your family domain. Uh, and that seems to be really tough. And what I've noticed is that when you really start to look at that, and these are people that you don't have to fully let go of, but really ask yourself, how much time am I wanting to spend with these people? If you can honestly say that the last you know five out of five you know interactions or eight out of ten of the last interactions that you've had with them felt really good on a soul level, like you just felt good after you hung up the phone, you felt good when you drove away from that uh, lunch meeting that you had with them, then I'd say that's a really good sign. But more often than not, I'm finding you know friends and clients and even myself around people who just aren't quite engaging as much anymore. I'm, I'm not enjoying it. And, and even to the point where sometimes I'm actually feeling uh, an, an energy drain, if you will. And so I think the first step is to really look at where can we thin? Where can we minimize? Where can we really let go of the pieces of the environment that aren't serving us? And, you know, that kind of just brings me to one of my really big goals for, for 2018 is minimalization. I really want to minimize not necessarily the amount of friends that I have, but the um, minimize the amount of, I guess, mediocre friendships that I have in my life to really open up more space for ones that are incredibly fulfilling. And so I think the more that we kind of fill ourselves up with people and and, and just mediocre conversations, we block and we don't allow access for just a lot more love and light to come in in terms of other people, places and things. So um, I, I think that's the first step. And then the second step is I can only speak for myself. It's putting myself out there a little bit more. And one of my goals for 2018 is to start attending functions that I feel are going to have really high caliber people, uh, people I'm going to want to be around, people that are going to bring a lot of laughter, joy, and love into my life. And so I know for me, kind of a kind of a natural introvert, trained extrovert. Uh, if you will, that it's very easy for me to, you know, get into project mode and and, and work, work, work. And so one of my goals is to really uh, allow myself to just have fun and just go out, just meet new people. And I'm really open to new experiences this year. And so that's, at least for me, that's one of the ways I'm looking to do it is just to really expose myself and and even get a little bit uncomfortable to, to meeting new people. Yeah, you know, another suggestion that I've done is because I I did an inventory of this one year and and realized something very similar in the relationships area is that I had a lot of people around that I wasn't fulfilled by. And I took an inventory, realized who was fulfilling me, and they were all in different states. And so that's why I was like, oh, man, nobody lives locally. And then what I realized is, hey, I can reach out and have conversations. And I I created more of a reach out, uh, even if it was by phone or by video, and just started reaching out to connect with the people that were already juicing me, already filling me up, and I was already filling them up. Uh, and it was more of a give-give type of dynamic. And I found that uh, 
was super fulfilling, um, even if it wasn't locally. Just having a network of of powerful individuals in my life who I felt fulfilled by, and now I'm learning even you know scheduling dinners because I'm I'm very similar to you. I'm a I have a, more of an introvert than an extrovert. Even I do, I do a, a lot of extroverted things. Uh, so majority of the time I'm introverted, and so for me it's like reaching out and scheduling dinners with friends and you know, doing group functions and just doing a lot more that I can organize or co-organize with quality people that, that bring me fulfillment now. Cause I think fulfillment changes depending on the phase we're in. And sometimes I've gone through the wealth building phase and I want to be around people that are more, have an abundant mindset. And sometimes that's around, uh, heart and I want to be around just deeply connected people that are about love. And I like, I liked how you said sometimes it's about fun and I want to be around friends that are like, love to have a good time and bring out that child in me. And, you know, so I think, and it, it can be a collaboration. Maybe you want to bring a little bit of all of it, but I think I loved how you said it in action steps or take an inventory. Um, look at who, if there's any people in your life currently that you could develop those relationships deeper with. And then if so, how could you do that on a consistent basis to really deepen those friendships? And if there's not, or if you want to extend that even more, what energy do you want to bring in, in the air? And I think there's a quote uh, by Anais Nin that says, uh, every friend represents a world, a world not born until that friend is met. And I love that quote because I think, just like you mentioned, so much of the time we kind of have our wiring and then certain friends bring out different aspects in ourselves. So whatever you're wanting to develop this year may be a good chance to develop those relationships and then those friends bring out those aspects in you. It sounds like we have a very similar, I guess, goal or intention to, to move forward on that. And, and the one thing that I'm always struggling with, the one thing I'm always looking to, I guess, quote unquote, optimize is I have this intention. Um, you know, we do have this kind of introverted nature is how do we stay on top of that? How do we kind of keep ourselves to go to that event or, you know, reach out to that person? You know, what's going to keep us going that way. You know, the one thing that I did, I did, I did like that you mentioned that I actually incorporated last year was a uh, calendar. For me, a lot of times, if it doesn't get on the calendar, it just never happens. And so I try to schedule something right away. I don't try to let it fester. And I try not to kind of live in the land of maybe or live in the land of nebulous maybe we'll get together or we'll get together someday you know and a lot of times someday just just never happens so um i'm, I'm curious on do you have any suggestions on how i could keep maybe more accountable to you know increasing this side of my life yeah that's, that's great i i really liked where you 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 came with it i think that right there is the is the goal the outcome is well i think two things one it's getting clear on what we want to cultivate so right that that, that clarity of focus because that clarity of focus allows us to know which direction we want to go. Like for me, this year is really about developing more of my spiritual because I'm wanting to go deeper into spirit, if you will, and deeper into my into nature. And so that's more of the focus. Last year was all about business and business courses and business relationships. So it's like each year I finally kind of realize what the focus is. And then I feel into a, a large part of what I'm discovering is because a, a lot of people say, man, there's so many events. I don't feel like going I wait to kind of yeah. feel the resonance, if you will, with something that feels congruent with where I'm at and it's in flow. And then uh, it's saying yes to those, but it's also saying no. And there's an earlier podcast that we did about decisions where we really talk about living in the end of yes or no instead of maybe. So I totally agree. It's really feeling in 
and being able to say yes and no. Yeah. That's a huge, huge core distinction. And it's even being able to say no yeah. to relationships that aren't working anymore. When they reach out and say, hey, you want to do something on Friday night? Check in, get a no. I know. <laughs> right? It's just saying no. It's, well, you know, what's going on? I, I'm not, I'm not available that night. You know, I mean, it can be really simple things of, of shifting some of the energies we do have, but I'm a big fan with you, calendar and uh, reaching out to people, scheduling, you know, dinners, uh, get togethers, tea, coffee, uh, hangout sessions, uh, virtuals, just anything. But a calendar is a big, big deal for me as well. I like to also plan if there's get togethers or things like I know you and I have talked about doing with our dad uh, an end of the year trip in November. So we're already looking at the location, when to get in and blocking things out on the calendar ahead of time. So I'm a huge fan of, of, of the calendar and, and developing that. Is there certain, do you already know the focus of the relationships you want to bring in this year? I think it's more fun and community aspect. Obviously I have, I have a hard time sometimes as you can probably tell uh, with small talk. And I, I think that's to my detriment and I actually want to get a little bit better <laughs> about Small talk, but I can only take it so far. There's only so much I can talk about the Dodgers because I love this work. You know, I really do, and I and I love talking about deep stuff. But I also know there's a there's a right time and right place. So you know, part of my thing is just to try to be more jovial about these new places that I'm going. You know, a lot of times the state that you're in affects the decisions that you make. And I know sometimes when I commit myself, or at least semi commit myself to. I don't know, some talk or, or there's a party where I don't necessarily know that many people there, but I know that there's some probably key, a few key individuals that I would really like to meet. And I feel like there's a possibility of a really great deepening friendship there. How I feel in that moment will dictate a lot if I go or if I don't. And so part of my uh, challenge to myself, part of my intention as I move into 2018 is to... Uh, try to move past it regardless and to, t- to kind of get myself into state and how I'm going to try to do that is to really focus on, you know, the why and, you know, why do I want to do that? How does it feel when I'm connecting with these relationships? And I always use the rocking chair test. And at this point, I, I do it in yearly cycles sometimes where I put myself at the end of the year and I look back and I, I look at, wow, how does it feel? For me to actually go to you know some of these parties and some of these events, and actually have made these conversations and kind of put myself out there, and then how does it feel for me actually not to go? And and sometimes that kind of pain of feeling like wow, I I really did myself a disservice is actually kind of a motivator. So I'm I'm still personally really trying to like figure out you know kind of like what's my X factor, and I would imagine for most people everybody has a little bit of a their own differentiator but i'm really looking to focus on the why and really kind of get in touch with that physical aspect to where like i'm actually feeling the why of it you know feeling the joy feeling the connectivity feeling the connection that i'm having with fellow community members you know i just on that on that point something that came up while you're speaking something that's really brought me so much peace around this because i i'm very similar to you scott i mean it's probably why we have such a deep relationship i like to go deep you know and so it's like sometimes the surface level i i used to have a lot of judgment on it like why are you talking about this and the deeper i've gotten into a lot of this uh this work i realize it's usually protection for most people um and i've also realized it's it's sometimes it's lighthearted play or it's different things of it but most of society's been conditioned not to be vulnerable uh because they're attacks a lot of times it's a safeguard 
And uh, so I have compassion for it, which removes some of the trigger. But besides all that, what's really helped me is it actually came from uh, when I was more pursuing women and dating. Not that I'm not anymore. I'm just I've been so focused on other areas. Uh, but I would go out and I'm not more of an online type of guy. I'm more of like a in-person and I would be like at Whole Foods and I'd see a woman who got my attention and I'd walk up and I wouldn't just directly walk up to her, but I walk up and start a conversation. And if there was resonance, it was cool. And if there wasn't, I just didn't, I didn't try to force it. And, and, and I took that same energy, if you will. And I trans, I transformed that into the business events that I was going to and community events and I used to try to focus on meeting a lot of people and I changed my focus to just showing up, being in my flow. And if there was resonance, I talked and went deeper. And if there wasn't, I just would kind of gracefully exit the conversation and not have to need to stay in it. Kind of like if it felt uncomfortable, it's like, I'm, there's no resonance here. Why am I, why am I, you know, I'm, it's forcing it for me. It's forcing it for them. So I would just go around, kind of feel the flow. If somebody really connected, great. And if not, I also gave myself permission to leave. And say, you know what? I don't have residents here. And what I've what I've discovered is, man, I just feel so good because I might go to an event and find one person, and super have a great connection from, and then I follow up and we end up establishing a friendship. And whereas back in the day, I used to go and talk to a ton of people and not, I was kind of like wide instead of deep. And now I kind of go and it just feels like I'm not concerned with walking away if something's not flowing. Uh, and just, you know, kind of gracefully exiting it and also gracefully exiting events where I used to feel like I had to stay and push myself. So I'm, I'm entering this period of, I guess it's just more of a grace, graceful process of like, well, does this sound fun? And then going, and then also I do think it takes though, uh, to your point that talking about, especially as an introvert, uh, bringing up conversation, engaging, uh, we have to be willing to, to start conversations to know if there's resonance with anybody. And if we're in a state where we're in our head or we're thinking about ourselves, or our judgment or anything that's else up, it's really hard to be present and engage in a conversation. So I find if we're there, there should be natural resonance and just starting conversation. I find the first step is just talking like, Hey man, what's up? Or making some whatever. And I find on that initial opening, if you will, if there's resonance, it's natural flow. It's kind of like a pitch and catch. And if there's not, then there's not. So for me, it's a really easy uh, not an easy, it's a, it's more of like a, uh, instead of the judgment of, cause I think in, in human nature, I'm really glad you brought this up. Um, I think, and again, it maybe comes from a long background in sales and other, other pieces of it of constantly getting rejection. Uh, but I think in general, one of the biggest fears in the human psyche of all humans, uh, me and you included is, is being rejected. And, and, and I think there's a big fear of going out and meeting new people and you put yourself out there and you feel that sense of rejection hurts. So I think a lot of times it's like, oh, I don't want to get hurt or I don't want to say something. And then you feel stupid. And and so and I, I've been there a bunch of times where I go out and I start talking and then you just kind of feel like an idiot. Right. You're like, ah, oh, I said all these things. And so what I've what's really set me free is is uh, just kind of being OK with who I am and where I'm at and the things that are interesting to me and that I I can gracefully exit a conversation like I'm not a big sports guy. I'm just not. If People start rapping about sports and if they're my good buddies and they are. I'll hang out and, and be there. But if I'm out to meet new people and I'm out in a thing and they start talking about sports, it's just not my, it's just not my interest. So, uh, you know, I don't engage. I don't try to engage. I don't try to act like I know what I, I just kind of will be like, cool. If I heard something, I might try to throw something in or I'm just out, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I like the way you put that. You know, me and you are, are, are on such similar boats in that way. You know, for me, actually, the process is 
trying to move more into that state of flow where you're you're really just seeing if there's a resonance there um you know for me sometimes i can i can throw the baby out with the bathwater sometimes in in terms of you know getting to a place and not maybe giving an environment long enough to allow myself to have that conversation or you know have that time to meet somebody, I'll go to a you know an event or a party, and I'll immediately sometimes dismiss it, going like, "Oh, hmm, I, I don't I don't see anybody there. I don't see if there's anybody that's going to maybe be engaging." Um, and I'll I'll sometimes talk myself <laughs> out of staying, and I'll end up leaving a little bit early. So it's, for me, it's that really fine balance of you know not overstaying a conversation which i know isn't in resonance with me and it doesn't feel in flow but still allowing that to to come in because you're right that fear of rejection you know i feel for most people and some of us are more competent in in one areas or the other that this is kind of an ongoing quest of feeling comfortable in your own skin and your own soul and and who you are because that fear of rejection is really tough right whether it's with colleagues or friends or whatever it happens to be even yourself uh that tends to be kind of a dismotivator for for quite a lot of people so you know that's something that i'm i'm definitely looking to to further my growth as a uh, as 2018 kind of moves forward and and i think that's it i think and again it, it can always be too uh, there's people that i've met that on the same subject that uh in the same thing earlier that are big into sports and totally different than them, but, but they may have a quality that's so stimulating. Like uh, some of my mentors in business are like, man, some some of us are totally different. Like I'm, I'd say I'm A type, but some of them are like super A type, and uh, do follow every sports game and are hyper into those things that I'm not. But business, I love the way their mind thinks and I love the way they operate, and so um, I'll engage in some of the small talk uh, because I value those other areas. Um, so I think on the same topic that we're on, everybody has different interests. Everybody has different things in common. And if we can find a commonality that's stimulating or interesting or that we're wanting to develop more of, that's what we can build upon. And I think that's where I think that's where the the relationships can grow. And I think that's where reaching out, we can develop those relationships saying, um, hey, I might not be big into sports, but it's still fun to go to a game on occasion if somebody's really into it or uh, I might love to talk about business, but we're not going to just rap about the sports games all the time, you know? Uh, and I'm using sports as an example because you and I are big geeks into personal development. Like, if there's content, we're consuming it. So some people might be like, ah, I'm not as big into the personal development thing. Doesn't mean we can't be good friends and cultivate a deep friendship and have different interests. So I think this relationship topic is a really big area because they do say, you know, you take a look at your five closest friends and and, and that's who you are. So I think this is probably one of the greatest areas that people can incorporate into their life in order to change. Because as we've talked about before, if you're if you're around a bunch of friends that you know we're both talking about our investment accounts grew, well we've been talking about investments for years, right? And getting constantly getting to that place. So our peer group is constantly invested in themselves first. If we look at health and fitness, and I think we've talked about this on another another podcast, if your friends are going to you know McDonald's every day. And you all of a sudden want to eat a salad and are like, hey, I want to eat here. You're the outsider. But if you're around a bunch of friends that are eating super clean and healthy and you're going to McDonald's, you're the outsider. So depending on the peer group that you're around really starts to to form those habits. And sometimes in order to have some big changes, big shifts, 
we have to get way outside of our comfort zone. And I know uh, that's really helped putting myself around uh, different people, which somehow sometimes have different interests, but you can take on their habits, their, their habits of consistency. Yeah, it's funny. They did a study about that. And I was just looking at this recently where above the tools and the apps and the calendaring and everything else that one of the most critical factors of you succeeding in these goals is if you're looking to really increase your finances or you're really looking to become more physically fit, lose 15, 20, 30 pounds, the five closest people to you, are they moving? Are they bringing you closer to that direction or already there? Or are they not there and maybe moving you away? And during the study, it's one of the biggest indicators if you're actually going to succeed is if does that, and again, it goes back to your environment is everything. Are those people that you're hanging out with, are they financially stable? You know, are they financially free? And if you actually go back to that one podcast that I talked about, that huge pivotal shift that I had in my late 20s, early 30s, at that time, I was with a group when I was really looking to grow the corporate ladder, really into the whole corporate lifestyle and uh, looking to increase like my own net worth. Uh, everyone around me was doing really well. I mean, really, really well. And so I actually did really well financially during that time. But then I got to a point where I plateaued and I felt super stagnant. Even though the money was there, there was a spiritual side that was pulling me and my friend group just was not there. And I knew that in order for me to grow, to grow that, you know, as many books and seminars and all this other shit that I was doing, that if I was still surrounding myself with this peer group, as much as I I absolutely loved them, I wasn't going to grow in that area. And so I really, really, really had to let go. And, you know, if it's one thing that I can say is pretty universal for most people as they're creating their goals and as they're starting to move forward is really learning to say no. And, you know, one of my big things this year, I mentioned it earlier, is minimalization. And it's also minimalization in my goals. And, you know, I'm curious what you think about this is as I look at literally these sheets of goals and, you know, I have got like wheel of life that are filled out that I feel like sometimes it can get so overwhelming, you know, that the same principles apply to people that use task managers all the time where, you know, just because the computer can hold 5,000 tasks doesn't mean you should be doing 5,000 tasks, right? I want to do this book and you get all these inspirations and sometimes you just have to learn to say no and you have to like really cut the fat because all that takes up energy. It takes up space. And so how do we start to minimize these things, these goals, and, and sometimes these people in order for you to really dedicate more quality um, in terms of where you're putting your attention, you know? And I, and I feel like, most people could really benefit from cutting the fat, especially in this day and age. I mean, we've got more data, more stimulus, just more of everything. And the default answer when you ask anybody how they're doing is, I, I'm busy. I'm just so busy, yet they're not more fulfilled. And usually that busyness normally equates to an extra level of anxiety and stress, which ultimately um, has influence on your decisions and you know, the amount of uh, goals that you end up completing and, and the fulfillment that you have in your life. So minimalization, saying no, I, I cannot stress, even if you feel like I'm pretty minimal right now, you know, really look at where you can cut the fat to really open up 
more space in your life to, you know, to really expand these other areas of your life. I love where you're going with that. And I think that's, that's really, you know, kind of back to the, what I, what I, I opened up earlier is talking about the different areas. I think in order to go into whatever area it is, it's feeling into what do I want to bring forth this year? What's the energy that feels most aligned with my heart and my soul? I know for fulfillment for me, like this year's is all about deepening my practice with the spiritual work that I'm doing in these men's retreats that I'm doing. And so I, I totally agree. I used to consume everything. And so even to counter my statement earlier, I'm very particular about the content even I consume now. So I really like where you're going with minimalism. I found that instead of doing all this stuff, I find it's helpful if I minimize everything except for the areas I'm growing in. Uh, and, and it helps me keep that focus for that, you know, that, a, a stronger, more potent focus. But at the same sense, I've had other years where I almost found I would reach a wall and then I would have to go into another area to feel fulfilled and then it would somehow bring me back. So I think as a guiding stick, uh, part of it is what's going to fulfill my heart right now this year? For me, the big, big thing is all about self-love and really going deeper into self-acceptance and uh, self-peace where I'm at peace regardless of any of the external areas of my life. They function. And so whether I make more money or lose more money, whether I'm doing what I'm my legacy work or not doing my legacy work, whether I have a relationship or I don't, uh, whether I'm happy or I'm sad, you know, I'm uh, whether, you know, whatever those areas are, my big goal that I'm working towards this year is how do I love myself unconditionally for for my light, my dark, my happy, my sad? Uh, How do I be okay with myself alone, if you will? Uh, which is a really vulnerable topic, and it comes from a lot of the the work I'm doing around this this men's work. But how do I move away from distraction and move into what's beneath the distraction and learn to be and feel? So my my work this year is kind of esoteric in that it's more about feeling and practice being in my body, feeling in my heart, and then trusting those feelings and those flow versus it's always typically been so linear. And I and I still did write down. Here's the things that I'd like to create or I would like to, but it's a little bit different than a rigid plan. Last year was very rigid where I was already booking things and scheduling things. Uh, this year I'm testing something totally different where I'm, I'm, I almost want to be led. And I do feel it's a little bit different. I think this is uh, just to kind of spread, shed more light. In the past, I knew what I was going to make and I could continue consistently do it because of the work I was doing. It was a little bit more predictable. So I could plan out my trips. I could plan out stuff because of that predictability a little bit easier. The space that I'm in now, I feel like I'm almost having to have faith and trust God or spirit, if you will. And so there's a little bit more unknowns. I'm still determining and figuring it out. But I find that instead of the concrete plans that I'm booking trips for, let's say, in the past, I'm more putting them on the calendar and then and then following the flow, if you will. Which is totally different for me. It almost feels like... I went black and now I'm white, <laughs> if you will. Uh, but it, but I'm feeling really aligned with it and it feels really nurturing. Um, and then I do find the incantations, just to kind of ground it all in as well. Whatever I'm working on at the moment, is an inc- I, I try to really bring into the present moment and call out as an incantation where I'm grateful for it. So it's almost like, wow, what would I like to create? Okay, how do I bring this into the present moment? And how do I al- already start to be grateful for it? as of right now in this moment, this present moment, so that I'm realizing more and more all that exists is this moment. So it's this interesting conversation between the past, the future, and the present moment. And how do we develop our relationship with the present moment and saying, wow, I have a desire for this. 
okay, let me feel into right now what can I be grateful for where I already have something like that in my life. And I find it's an interesting dance. I'm curious your thoughts on you know, the, the, the conversation between goal setting. I think this is probably why we even were like, should we even do it on goal setting? No. Is, is it, are we moving into an age where the goals still are just as important right down to move towards because it's in your psyche and, and it's part of that subconscious? Or is it a time where the moment to moment, you know, we're shifting? I'm just curious your thoughts on, you know, where we're at, how things shift, how that moves forward. And, and you think, is, is it moving away from the rigidity or are those stages in our life or dependent on factors that are in our lives? As you brought up earlier, I ultimately think on the biggest macro level, our goal every single year is getting to this place of fulfillment where individually we get to this point. And, and this is kind of like my, almost like one of my life guiding mottos is this term, no matter what, that um, I'm going to be fulfilled, that I feel like I'm going to be led no matter what. And I don't, I don't say that in a, in a religious, cheesy, spiritual way, but in a way where there's almost nothing outside of who I am and who I'm becoming that is going to be fulfilling to me. And everything that I put on this paper are things that I think are going to get me there. And so I love how you mentioned earlier about pivoting. I think as long as we are allowing ourselves to go into a direction, um, move forward, I think this is where the goals really play a huge part in our own personal growth is it gives us a direction and it gives us momentum to start to move forward. But then at the same token, as we start to move forward, it's that kind of checking in with ourselves. What's the resonance? How are we feeling about where we're going? Does it feel good? Does it not feel good? Okay, if it doesn't feel good, why doesn't it feel good? Or let's try something else. Let's go someplace else. Let's move someplace else. Let's go someone. Let's bring someone else in, whatever it happens to be. Let's start to move into a new direction. And ultimately, I think, you know, and this is where like the higher work comes in is how do you start to get to a point where it's just about you and your kind of like higher self or you and your higher potential self, right? Like the bigger Josh, the Josh that you're trying to move into. How do you allow that person to speak to you? And how do you allow yourself to kind of like go into that direction? Even when you're really set on, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to like, just like one of my goals this year was to really get my voice out there a little bit more. And this podcast really kind of shed light on that. I am so excited with where this is going. I'm, I, I've been so proud of the work that we're doing and I'm so excited to you know, really continue this for the next couple of years. At the same token, I'm really open to having this pivot into bringing me or yourself or us together into a whole different direction. You know, maybe this brings us into doing workshops together or whatever the dynamic happens to be. Like I'm not so rigid in where that happens to be. And I think that's where a lot of the work comes in is to allow yourself to be flexible enough to say, okay, now what feels in resonance? Where, where does it feel like I want to be my higher self, like want to take me and, um, you know, I think, you know, that's it's one of the hardest things that we have to do is to allow ourselves to deviate from a plan that we had, this expectation that it had to, you know, kind of look a certain way, right? And I think that all goes back to 
allowing yourself to be kind of present in the moment and not be so attached to what you thought it was supposed to look like. And I think as long as you can allow yourself to kind of have that flexibility to the best of your ability, this is something I feel like is always going to be a work in progress. But to have that highest goal of, you know, I'm here to really allow myself to to be supportive and to really step into my higher growth in whatever that happens to be, right? To really be fulfilled no matter what, that I'm going to be okay no matter what. Uh, I feel like all the other pieces of the puzzle will just start to, to, to fill itself in. And, you know, in those times of doubt, in those life speed bumps that are always going to come up, And so there should always be an expectation of like, yeah, life's going to fucking throw you some crap and you're going to fall down and you should expect that. And so, you know, know that you're going to be okay, you know, when you fall down, no matter how intense that speed bump happens to be. And I think this is where, you know, your five closest friends, this is where your environment is so critical. Is it there to support you, to help bring you back up? And so like, really, how do you become resourceful as you start to move forward. And I, again, I feel like all of these little goals and tips and tricks and, and whatever, they're just topical levels for the more deeper underlying fulfilling lifestyle and life that we're really looking to live. And um, it's hard. You know, this is the fucking work and I have nowhere near mastered it, but I am I'm lucky enough to surround myself with people to support me in those times in which I fall down. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I thank him to God that I, I married a woman who understands that as well, you know, and, and that's one of our foundations that we have in our marriage. And so, you know, as I look forward into 2018, it's like, okay, here's my macro, here's my macro intention, here's the ultimate intention, and then what's everything else I can put into my life, including these goals that can support that. Yeah, I agree. I really like that a lot. It's like feeling into the heart and soul, like what's going to bring me fulfillment on the greatest level. And the things that are really important, like if I think about it, I'm still planning certain trips or going on the calendar right away. Like I planned, uh, we don't have a date yet, but it's for sure I want to go on that trip in November and it's looking for a date. I planned a rafting trip in May. I'm going to go to this John of God thing. I just felt really intuitively strong with in April for two weeks. So I'm already probably a month and a half, almost two months into the year already mapped out of things that I'm going to do that are booked, scheduled fulfillment things that are already in place. So I like what you're saying, calendar, you know, doing that first. Um, and then I think on the, the day to day, I guess is where this guiding calendar comes in is how do we stay fulfilled and how do we stay on task? Cause sometimes, sometimes we got to get out of our comfort zone. And I think the discernment to know, like it was really, really hard for me to to step into my legacy work. And I thought once I got into this work, everything was just going to be easy. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, man, it's just as hard as when I had uh, a career job or when I did this or when I did this. And uh, it's still a struggle. And I'm realizing that's just part of how life is. It's, it's we're having to go into our fear. We're having to go into uh, the unknown. We're having to build what's not there. And but it's I'm finding so much fulfillment in going into into as I sit and feel what that part of me is, uh, and I go into it, if you will. And I think this is what our whole point of the co- the podcast of goal setting around fulfillment comes down to: is 
what's going to fulfill you now? And I think, how do we transcend our past limitations? How do we transcend who we thought we were years ago, right? Because I know it used to be some of my used to, my goals. And don't get me wrong. I still have goals of making uh, wealth and, and driving wealth and income is still a large a large goal of mine. However, this, the space that I'm at now, I'm so much more fulfilled doing my legacy work and getting to do that on an everyday basis is more meaningful to me. And having the freedom to set schedule my own day. Uh, this year's goal is creating a lot more space in my life so I can allow content to come through me so I can be a conduit. So my as I'm shifting, I'm allowing myself to create goals based on where I'm at now without having to feel guilty for goals. Like I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm able to transcend what my goals used to be and it's okay. I think so many of the times we're, we set goals 10 years ago and we didn't achieve them and we're still trying to set those goals but they're not a match for where we're at now. And, and being able to say, okay, what's going to bring me the highest goal or joy, joy now and letting the body tell us and then feeling and moving in that direction. And then, and then we start to map out, plan, book, and build around those things. Um, so I think it's, it's going – feeling into that I think is the, is the critical part. And again, I go back to like what's beneath the surface? What are, what are we running from? What, what is the fear? And I think this can be one of the hardest things to do is – where are we distracting, running, hiding, avoiding from doing? And it's almost like they say in time management, right? In time management, it's like how, how do you kill the frog first or do the biggest thing that's most uncomfortable, get it out of the way. Same thing for our life. How do we look at the year and say, man, where where do I have the most resistance, if you will? And if I were able to step into this area or develop this new part of me, maybe it'd be a skill or a hobby or take a big trip that would be incredibly difficult to take. Maybe you're in a spot where you you work six days a week or seven days a week and you couldn't even imagine taking a week-long trip or a two-week-long trip or a three-week-long trip. And if you just did that one thing and planned it towards the end of the year or whenever, that would be a huge win and it would just nurture your soul. So I think that sometimes it gets too complicated. We've been doing it for so long. We plan a lot. But I think even if, if you had one big thing, if you could celebrate one big win that would nourish your heart and soul, that would just light you up and make you feel alive – how would you align your life around that? And I'd also say, I like how you said the rocking chair test earlier. Like what's really important? You know, I think sometimes we get caught up in the day-to-days of what they say, trying to live up with the Joneses. And I think sometimes our goal setting, at least I can speak for myself, my goal setting used to reflect how I was perceived in my community, how I was perceived by people around me. And so my goal setting was more about me trying to feel enough um, in the in in other people's minds. It's like they say that quote, so many people are so busy trying to work, spend their whole lives working to make money to buy things to impress people that don't care. <laughs> you know, and it's almost like so much of the time deconstructing that piece is what's really uncomfortable to get to like what's beneath it all to say at my heart and core and soul, if I did this work, whatever that is, how could my soul be fulfilled? How could my heart be fulfilled? And how do I make progress towards that? Because what I'm discovering is, if it's your life work, it may be a lifetime to do it. So to not beat ourselves up and to take baby steps towards it, but how do we keep making progress towards that thing? And I find that's at least what I'm discovering. And I know we we, we did another uh, interview, which will be coming out shortly last week. And we asked uh, this amazing woman, who you guys will hear soon, we'll keep it, keep it a secret for now, who works with teams. Uh, but we asked her, what brings you the most fulfillment? And I think we'll be asking this on all our guests. And she said, 
it was the biggest challenge that she'd done, which was starting her business. So the irony is I think we're going to continue to see the pattern of fulfillment is typically going against the grain and going into the resistance of what's uncomfortable um, and what's unknown, but but feeling into the heart with that. Right. And I think ultimately some of the most fulfilling things we're going to do, if not almost all the, the most fulfilling things we're going to do, is going to be uncomfortable. Right. And there's that famous saying that says there's no growth without being uncomfortable. So when you know that you're kind of like stepping into that kind of like uh, uncomfortableness and you're really stretching yourself, ultimately, I think that's where a lot of the fulfillment comes through. And, you know, if there's one thing that I can really stress for anybody out there listening is if you're going to have kind of a macro goal uh, just for your life, not even for, for 2018, it's to have the goal to be fulfilled now. You know, this is something that I've really had to work on these last few years, and it's it's something that comes up constantly uh, in my community and especially in my practice. I see this with a lot of men. You know, actually, I see it with a lot of men and women, and that is they postpone possible fulfillment for goal A, goal B, intention A, or intention B. Right, I'm going to be really fulfilled and happy when I have a child, when I get married, when I make this much money. And you know, the one thing that I can say is, whatever your goals are, whatever your intentions are, whatever you're looking to move forward into the new year. Um, you know, if you're meant for partnership, you're meant to be a mom. Then, then by all means, if that's your heart, then then chase it until the cows come home, and do not let go, no matter what. But learn to be fulfilled in the process because. Any of these goals, the end point ultimately is not going to be the highlight of your fulfillment, but it's learning to be fulfilled and learning to enjoy the process as you're going through them, right? Because you may have a three-year goal, but that end point is a, you know, it's a split second, baby. But if you can learn to actually enjoy the highs and lows as you start to move forward and that like, that's where the juice comes in and that's where like the fulfillment ultimately comes in. I totally agree with that. I totally feel the juice. I, I feel like that's, I think that's, that's it. And I, I wanted to share just uh, something that just recently happened and it showed that it's an ongoing process. Uh, and even though I think you and I, I mean, we've had, how many masterminds have we even had in guys group sessions to go through time of your life programs and like, so, I mean, anybody listening, I mean, we're, I, I would consider us pretty avid, uh, appliers of, you know, between you and us and our peer group of, Hey, let's find some good tools and then let's even get on the phone. I think we did a one, one period of a quarter, three to six months where we went through time of your life programs and all these different programs to implement them. So I'd say we're pretty avid, uh, appliers of content and still to show that it's always an ongoing process. I was to your point that you made a moment ago, uh, I was in one of my men's groups and, uh, I was talking about how, Hey, this year's big on, uh, building my business and not as much on relationship. And one of the guys called me out <laughs> and he said, is that bring you fulfillment or is that a story? And, uh, it was so interesting because it was exactly what you talked about, Scott. And I was like, Oh wow. I put a limitation on myself of, I got to do this before I can do this. And I noticed myself and I was able to go, you're right. I'm sitting here saying I got to build my business because that's where my focus goes. And I don't think I have time to really invest in a partnership before it. But in even just that alone, I'm cutting it off. I'm putting one before the other. So it just allowed me to go, you know what? Ultimately, I would love a partnership that's fulfilling and nurturing while I can still build my build this business. So it, so 
I wanted to call myself out on it to say, even if you know all this stuff and you're listening to this going, I got it, I got it, I got it. Um, I find, you know, the more we apply, we can always, there's always another level. And how do we look at our life and figure out where are we doing that? Where may you be saying, I need to do this in order to get that? And, and how can we just get clear on what would bring us ultimate fulfillment now? We don't have to build a plan towards all of them, but be open, I think, to all of them. You know, maybe like my focus is primarily going towards the business. But if I just shut down the possibility of partnership, that's not fair either, right? Because then I, I'm, I'm creating that story versus opening it, but putting my focus in one area. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the hardest things that you'll ever have to do. You know, some people, they are... You know, in their heart of hearts, I know I'm supposed to be a singer and for whatever reason, the singing career doesn't work out or, you know, I am meant to be a father. I am meant to be a mother. I am meant to be in partnership. And that may be true. That ultimate relationship with your kids or your husband or your wife or, you know, that dream job, it may take five, six years to come through. So why postpone your happiness? You know, why postpone your fulfillment? And your fulfillment isn't anything that's outside of you. No, yes, you do have gifts. And yes, part of your mission on this earth is to really express those pieces of who you are in a dramatic, vibrant way. And the world is a better place because of it. But when you dim your light and you don't allow yourself to be fulfilled in the process, no matter what, then you're doing the world an even bigger disservice. And so I think what that ultimately can do is just really release a little bit of pressure. And I know that it is a much easier said than done um, theoretical proposition, if you will. But, uh, you know, for me at least, like that is the work, you know, and that is the work that I'm, that I'm trying to instill in, in, in a lot of my clients is to, to really have that spiritual self-sufficiency to where you're just like, okay, no matter what, even in the hardest times, and yes, it's going to be painful, and yes, I'm going to go through my dips, that I'm always going to like feel like I'm going to be held in some aspect or another, and it's really tough. And you know, a lot of times, it's it's not going to be that way, and you're not going to be happy, and you're not going to be fulfilled. But what I have noticed is that as I start to adopt that a little bit more, that those times that I fall down and those life speed bumps happen to come up, that I almost adopted this practice of like, okay, that's not my default set point. My default set point is one of contribution and love and fulfillment. I kind of know that no matter what happens, I'm going to get through it. And for whatever reason, and I know this may sound very esoteric, that I seem to whip through those events a lot faster. I always go through my grieving process and I'm always going through, you know, the, the, the humanistic pain of it because we are going through this, you know, physical experience, right? My just one wish for, for everybody listening is to uh, allow to receive fulfillment from, you know, their higher self and to, uh, you know, really just allow themselves to, to move more forward into that practice. I totally agree. I think, I think that's the, so maybe this year's, you know, in, in, in looking at the year, do goal set, do not goal set? What is the process to do it? You know, from our conversation today, I think some good takeaways are one, being able to feel, get yourself in a place where you can feel into your higher self or your heart or your soul or what's going to bring you the greatest amount of joy beneath the layers of fear, beneath the layers of limitation or lack. How do you feel what that is? Two, 
Uh, it sounds like the peer group is really important. That we we both talked about it. Is surround yourself in a peer group that's going to support that. Um, to your point earlier as well, as I've stepped as I've stepped more and more into this so-called legacy work that I'm doing, uh, because now I'm as I'm getting more comfortable with it, I'm realizing everybody's doing their legacy work, <laughs> no matter what they're doing. But uh, as I step into this work, I'm realizing it. I really have to make sure I'm around friends that are supportive, um, that support me to continue to open fully. Uh, some friends that I was around before as I stepped into this got really uncomfortable because I do daily Facebook lives and a lot of stuff that's super uncomfortable. Uh, but it's so needed for the work I'm doing and I care so much. And so I needed to support myself in an environment that would totally support that. And it's been so helpful. I can't tell you how helpful it is of the encouragement and the support to do it. So, uh, and I know you talked about it with finances and other areas. So I think getting clear on what your core is, feeling into that if you don't know how, what would bring you excitement and joy, um, figuring out a community or a peer group that would support you that either already has it, already is doing it, or is aligned and wants to create it in your li- in their lives. And then I think you know making some commitments, making some commitments or booking some things or using your calendar to, to move towards that, uh, whether you could book something, plan something, uh, and then the daily habits. You know, the, Again, back to focusing on that. What are you doing consistency, uh, consistently and the accountability to know are you doing it or not? And I think personal accountability is, 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 is really critical. Yep, absolutely. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head. And the only last thing that I would like to tack onto that is just start to, to create some movement. Um, movement creates more movement. And uh, I know sometimes we think, okay, I'm not even sure exactly where I want to go or what that, that vision looks like just starting to move will start to bring you more feedback and more um, confirmation as you start to move. And I rarely have had a goal where I'm like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to end up here and the path has been exactly how I envisioned it. Um, I have usually pivoted many times in between that. Um, And the goal usually is or is not what I intended it to be, but what I can say is just a little bit of movement just to get going. And then again, everything that Josh just talked about, having the right kind of like, um, you know, peer group to kind of like reflect things on, um, you know, in case you fall down or whatever it happens to be, just to make sure that you're keeping that kind of energy going. I I think you brought up just such a critical, critical, critical point. I think this is one of the things where a lot of people fall short. I mean, even a personal uh, recent story, uh, health has been a big priority. I've been probably really consistent, more consistent than I've almost ever been this last year. Um, however, still, I went off and I gave myself two weeks break for, for Christmas and, and New Year's time. And getting back in the gym, it's always really difficult for me. So what I've found is the progress, not perfection. So it's almost like, okay, great. Now what do you do? You feel into your heart. You feel what it is. Even though it's uncomfortable, you commit to doing it. You find the peer group to start to go do it. Um, you see where you like, for example, maybe it's health and fitness to use in his example, you find a gym, you feel like if you're around there, that's a peer group, even though if they're, you're not hanging out over there, at least you're seeing them. But then in the beginning, sometimes we can build up such big expectations that we beat ourselves up if we don't do it. And I find the progress is the most critical point. So for example, when I go to the gym, the first two weeks, my primary goal is to get there. It's not, and literally I had Two days last week, I showed up for five minutes because I looked at the calendar and I'm slow and I'm, there's resistance internally and and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not even going to have enough time. And I could hear the story in my mind going, just get there. And I showed up. I literally didn't have enough time to finish a workout, but I got enough and I left. It happened two days, uh, three days last week, two days this week. 
but I'm going every day and I can already feel like it's it's integrating and I'm getting where I'm going to go every day and and I'm going wow in 20 minutes I got a better workout than I thought I would have got or in 10 minutes sometimes I did or in 40 minutes so I guess the it's not the hour and a half which is my juiciest because once I get in there I start having a lot of fun and I'd like to I you know ideally be there an hour and a half I find like if I just get there consistently and I find that works in every area it's the same thing financially if you start investing in a couple months and then one month you have to pay something, if you beat yourself up, it's really hard to, to, to get back on track where if you just zag, you know, zig and then zag back, same thing with, you know, friendship, same thing with relationship. I think same thing with career. Uh, I know I've struggled a lot cause I had different expectations on where I thought I'd be. And even on my men's retreats and I've had to work on my own grief where I'm like, ah, oh, I thought it was going to be here. And then I accept what is. And I'm like, Oh wait, I'm just starting, <laughs> right? I'm doing my third event and then my fourth event. And, I'm like, oh, this is something new. How do I be gentle and go back to the, man, just keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep making progress, keep, you know, and I feel like that momentum continues to build momentum. So I think I'm really, really, really glad you brought that up. I think that's, it's like, great. Now they, they do the whole step. They start off, you get two steps forward and you say, fuck it. <laughs> you throw the, like you said, the baby with the bathwater because you're like, I didn't make it. I didn't hit this goal. And then we beat ourselves up. So I think, do whatever it takes to just keep making progress, even if it feels like nothing, right? A baby step, just keep doing that momentum. Yep, it's that it's that whole pass fail ratio, the pass fail threshold. You know, one of my goals, I'm looking at my goals last year was to meditate more, and I've got this very distinct morning ritual that I, I look to do every morning. It includes, um, you know, like a 10 minute meditation, and then you know, a seven minute quick stretch, and you know. Uh, five minutes of um, journaling, and I realized I I wasn't doing the meditation as much as I would love to. When I do the meditation, I always feel fantastic. I always felt a little more rushed in my morning routine, and I and I know how critical the morning routine is for me to really start off my day. And so lately, I've been meditating every single day for the last uh, I think it's almost four weeks now, and I've literally cut it down to four minutes. I'm like, if I can just do four minutes. You know, I, I just have to get myself down. And there's even a time where it's like, okay, I just got to do two minutes. I'll just set my timer for two minutes, even though I know I don't have that much time. And I always feel so much better about it. A lot of times I end up meditating a little bit longer. But I think as long as you can really set yourself up to succeed, even if it's not the vision that you thought it would be, you know, keeping that movement, keeping that energy going, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why people don't end up continuing any of these goals. And so I think you put it so nicely, Josh. And, you know, thank you for your example on that. But uh, just keep the movement. Just keep going because ultimately you're going to feel much better about that. And then leave yourself open, you know. Obviously, a a little bit of stick and a little bit of carrot (laughs) is always good. Um, But uh, really allowing yourself that flexibility to be able to pivot and to kind of like move forward into, uh, you know, whatever this, this next transition is for you in 2018. So uh, I I hope that uh, some of these tips were helpful. Again, if you want to 
learn a little bit more about what we're doing with our goal setting. We'll actually kind of like post some of our goals. I've got a really great morning ritual that I'd like to say that I've been following to a T for the last few weeks, but I haven't, but I'm incorporating about 80 to 90% of them. And I always feel really great about when I do it. And I'm more than happy to share. So uh, please feel free to reach out to us at masteringfulfillment.com. If you'd like any of those resources or feel free to go to our Facebook page, we really encourage the uh, interaction and uh, look forward to the next episode with uh, much love and deep respect. Visit us at masteringfulfillment.com for other podcasts such as these. Or if you're looking to take your personal fulfillment to another level, feel free to get in contact with either myself or Joshua Warner.